On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a Wednesday night. Thanks to Finey. Evenings with Mark Fine on Thursdays, or on every night, but tomorrow night of course uh, from 7pm. Uh, interesting listening to Francis Burke there, but... Uh, Let's, uh, we talked about that in the green room, but Vinny Venezuela, you're in the house. G'day. Thank you very much. Good evening, uh, listeners, and hello, Rodrigo. Yes, and uh, Warren looking resplendent in uh, Liverpool white and baby blue. Yeah, the third strip of 2014. <laughs> and can you call me Nostradamus for the remainder of the show, please? Sure, Nostra. Because everything that I pretty much predicted last Wednesday <laughs> came to fruition. True, true. We'll true, get into that. True. Absolutely. Uh, we'll true, get into true. that in a minute. Carlos, can you acknowledge true, true? When, when Warren's fantasies come true, you can't, uh, you know. Oh, I won't give you credit as Nostradamus. I mean, it was, what you what you received there was just a fantasy, a miracle that will never happen again. <laughs> anyway, in fact, got... last time it happened was two thousand and six, so it might happen every ten years. No, no, no. The, uh, my Nostradamus-like powers went well beyond the Liverpool. It went to Melbourne City. It went to the demise of Melbourne Victory. In fact, I'll say something in a minute about Ooh. the obligation that um, Melbourne Victory fans have this weekend. Let's hope so, because it is radio. Warren, if I may, just before, <laughs> if I may, while well, well, you, you, know, you predicted the demise of Victory and last week. And the success of Melbourne At City. the start of the season, it was like Victory yeah. were going to take it all out. Actually, so in fact, they were the I best team in the history of the game. I don't know where your Nostradamus yeah. radar was then. So. And by the way, where was a Nostradamus radar when Barisha <laughs> scored in the 88th minute? Victory were all over the top of them. Brisbane have never been pummeled the way they were on their own home yep. patch See, in the history of the A-League. When you're making I'd, love to know, such... I'd love to know whether Nostradamus actually, uh, a.k.a. Yeah, Warren yeah, Diego, Diego. Diego, I wonder yeah. if in his, in his sort of telepathic, time, yeah, whether he actually you know, visualised all that oh, in, in the loss. If you are making predictions as bold... So what just, I was making. So you just make a scoreline <laughs> prediction, or did oh. you? Could you predict what was going to happen in that As game? S- how Brisbane oh. Raw were completely outplayed by a vibrant it and was... completely dominant Melbourne victory. Oh, in fact, I don't think victories played better this year. <laughs> it was uh, as I would say. As I said, when you're making predictions as bold as that, there's bound to be a period, a moment in time where it looks like the prediction may not come true. <laughs> But I suppose they're like Nostradamus's yeah. predictions, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, city beating yeah. Um, uh, Perth. Yeah. Yeah. No, not uh, not on the same scale. No, no, Nostra. it's not the w- in Nostradamus isn't considered to be the greatest fortune teller of all time. Fortune for, teller. Well, for one prediction, mm-hmm. it's the combination of predictions. Last mm. week on this show, I said Liverpool, City, and victory. That's just not one. Yep. That's three. <laughs> It's a package. Yes. That becomes significant. It's like a three potent prongs. It is. I mean, very few people could have predicted those things with the accuracy mm. in which I predicted them. Oh, it's just a shame. Now I'm imagining Nostradamus with a crystal ball. <laughs> he 
was, I always imagined him with a big beard and you know a very yeah. learned man. Yeah. But now now you've got me. He's a gypsy with a crystal ball. But anyway, he's a ranger with a Liverpool t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he is. It's Warren Diego <laughs> yeah. uh, in the studio tonight. We've got a big show tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath. A lot of stuff happening over there, of course. We're going to talk about the A League finals. We'll also talk about. Um, the Asian Champions League uh, yeah. games that were on um, last night and tonight. But uh, the hot topic tonight, Carlos? Yes, the hot topic. I mean, referees are much maligned and usually Warren's the first one to throw a lot of garbage and mud at referees. But one of the great ones who has had his moments in the last couple of years, Shubray Dolovsky, uh, announced his retirement from refereeing on the weekend. And, of course, in every other industry that we that we all work in, you know, when someone, you know, retires, there's always a prezi. Oh, there's a card that goes there's around. There's a card, there's a prezi, there's something given to them for their retirement. A collection. I, w- I want to know what our <laughs> listeners think about... Uh, what they would give Shrebray Dolosky as a retirement gift after so many so many sterling years of football. Well, Melbourne Victory supporters will be oh, generous. Absolutely, they'll be absolutely. What they'll would Muskie give him? Yeah, I, I'm sure. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. What would you give Shrebray Dolosky, who was incidentally he's had a fine career. He has. He's a bit, Look, I can see why he retired. No, I said he, he had, had a, a couple fine of, career. Yeah, last couple of years, he's uh, struggled at, yep. in moments. But before that, he was much loved by players and he coaches. Was. They all thought he was uh, very good. But he just had his few moments uh, in the last couple of years. Okay. The one thing I'm going to say about Strebley is Strebray is that he never participated in shop window officiating. <laughs> like, yep. there's a few, yep. and they will go unnamed, yep. that participate in this shop window officiating. He Example, made, EG. EG. No, just what, what do they BW, do? BW, sh- initials BW. Yeah, no, don't give me <laughs> names, but what when you say shop window officiating, oh, they're, what does that look like? It's all about them, Carlos. It's all about them. And, you know, I could imagine I could imagine Strebray when he was doing the fourth official job, that he's just quietly <laughs> talking yep. to the guys about staying in your technical area. He's just passing Maltesers yes. to the yeah, coaches. Yeah, just calm down, yep. whereas some police it like it's sort of like the demarcation line between <laughs> East and West Germany, you know, like the Berlin Wall. And I could name names, but I won't. When he made a clangor, though, yep, it was certainly they were, they were big. big. They were big. <laughs> it was big. Yep. Vinny, what would you give Strebray Dolosky as a retirement gift? What would I give him? Yeah, yeah no, you, you, do you need time to think about this? Because I know I, you're I, very thoughtful I, with I, your I presence. I do need time. You know, maybe, maybe a book called I'm Only Human. <laughs> That's not bad. That's you not know, bad at all. Something nice yep. to, in his... To ponder. Yeah, okay. No, well, well zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, what would you give Strebray Dolovsky um, as a retirement gift? Uh, hey, boys, it's uh, we've, got a, we've got a lot to lot to get through tonight because yeah, um, quickly just go through the Asian Champions League uh, scores uh, tonight. Sydney uh, FC and Urawa Reds uh, finished on a, a nil all uh, draw, of course, and um, dead rubber in the end. Dead rubber in the end. But Sydney haven't clinched top spot yet. Um, Urua uh, play Pohang next week, and uh, and if Sydney FC don't get a point against uh, Guangzhou Evergrande or lose, um, and Urua beat uh, Pohang, they'll go to the top. But uh, Sydney FC in a fantastic position. And Rodrigo, can we just say that it was a carpet that they were playing on? It was a beautiful plush carpet they were playing well, on. If you were a cow, <laughs> if you were yeah, a not cow, really. yeah, 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 yeah. Graham yeah. Arnold uh, complained about the carpet they were supposed yeah. to have played on. Look, you know, ultimately they've got through on midweek games where the grounds most yes. most of the time have been awful and uh, they qualified with games to spare. I mean, they'll, they'll finish first or second and they're moving off, and really, and they're a poor team, uh, Sydney FC. Uh, and again, well, they've already started their cull. 
with Fatty's gone and uh, Tavares gone to yeah, Central Coast. Yeah, they're into the coast. Yeah, they're cutting people left, right and centre. But they're, they're progressing. They're round of 16, isn't it? Um, yeah, next. definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. So... Hardly a poor team, Carlos. So I think I think they've done exceptionally well oh, here too. By way of uh, A League performances, they've been oh, really poor. They were, really they poor. They they're taking the pitch yeah. with them too. That's like their that's like their payout here. You can have some of the pitch. Yeah. Yep. And and Melbourne Victory have got it all to do after their three one loss against uh, Shanghai SIPG last night. Uh, lovely goal from Macarunas when he came on. Beautiful provided goal. a bit of verve. Um, yeah, they, they if uh, they've got uh, Suwon. Um, oh, sorry, Gamba Osaka here. Um, Next week, so. which is no gimme, they have to win the game. I Absolutely. think a, a draw is not enough. So, uh, uh, is that no, right, Roger? Yeah, no, I thought yeah, a draw. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm mistaken. I thought a no, draw no, might a, have been enough because of the head to head. A draw will will get them. Oh, yes. Okay. Them. So, but that's no guarantee against a team like Amber Osaka. You know, but they're well, out, aren't they? Gamba? Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're so they might be playing their play B team. Yeah, but B teams in uh, in Japan, they're uh, you know they're pretty good teams, and they play with uh, a real gay abandon about their football when they don't have to play for anything. So. Anything can happen. What about the finals, boys? Let's get into um, the A-League finals because those two games, the Brisbane Raw and Melbourne Victory game and then, of course, the Melbourne City versus uh, um, Perth Glory game were just sensational Games. Let's let's talk about Brisbane uh, versus Victory. What a finish to this C- game! C- can we not? <laughs> yeah, no, we have to. We have to because okay. our, our listeners want us to. Well, we we think they do, but um, this was an amazing. End to a yeah. fantastic game, I thought. What yeah. do you think, Carlos? You know, look, you you wanted the fairy tale. I mean, me not barracking for either victory or city. I barrack for the <laughs> game, as not. everyone knows. Uh, I wanted victory to to create history. I wanted to make the grand final and win it from sixth, because uh, you know this whole thing about only two teams, you know, the only teams that win are from what first or second, I mean, it's really effectively only three games you've got to play from six to, to win the grand final. So it's it's not, you know, it's not a, a marathon or anything like that. So I wanted some team to actually do that. And the way Victory were playing, especially in that first half, completely outplayed Brisbane Raw. They were really hapless and uh, and pretty, uh, you know, dysfunctional Brisbane Raw. And I just, but I felt with all the dominance they had, they just weren't testing Jamie Young enough in goals. And, uh, and I thought they'd pay for it. And with, you know, players like Broish and Mackay and these sort of guys, even though they didn't even play better, didn't even play well in the second half, Brisbane, they managed to get back into the game on evil, equal footing. And then when Barisha scored, you know, Brisbane are probably the, the team that you know that if anyone's going to come back from that situation, they did. And they did in the last few minutes. Now, Everything I'm going to say is going to be sounding like I'm dancing on the grave of the fallen champion, which I'm not. But, Carlos, you're right. So what's what's the missing link that's taken this team from the best ever team in A-League history? <laughs> according to you. No, according to me. <laughs> what's the, because last year they played that well against Brisbane with pretty much exactly the same team. They win comfortably. Now, we know there hasn't been the... Barisha's goal production has been slightly less than last year, but reasonably similar in terms of number of goals. The number of goals that have come from the the support players in regards to Ben Kalfalar and Barbarousas has been down, Finkler as well. Is that as simple as that, that those guys haven't produced enough goals? Because they had enough possession to win that game comfortably and would have done it the season before. Absolutely. Uh, look, I, I think they never replaced Milligan properly uh, and even though I thought Oli Bazanik was a good you know uh, good pickup and I thought he may have done 
uh, a similar type of job than uh, Milligan. I think in the end, we saw that Oli Bozanik's limited. A good play, but he's limited when you compare him against someone like Milligan. And I hear that they're working very hard to try and get Milligan back. Uh, the likes of uh, Ben Kalfalar didn't have quite as good a season. Gone? Uh, no, I think he's got, he's got a second year. And... Um, yeah, they're going to have to pay him out. And I don't think they're a sort of club that will pay him out. They may decide to make him unhappy, though, by having a bit of competition for his spot. I mean, Archie Thompson wasn't available for much of the year. When he did come on, he was underdone. Costa Barbarossa, I think he, you know, as much as he had his, you know, his good moments after his announcement that he was going to go to Wellington, he, it just seemed like he was distracted a lot in in this, in this, probably the last third of the year. Um yeah, and Finkler wasn't at his best either. I just think people were just that couple of percent not their true selves. It's not that they weren't trying. It's just that, you know, you talk about the vibe. Uh, they just weren't there at their top of their game for whatever reason. You know, that's up to Kevin Musket to work out. I think it's interesting because I think uh, Oli Bazanik sort of came back. I think that his last four games have been his best games for the, for the whole season. And I think if anything... Uh, Victory have lacked that sort of consistency, and him playing better added quality because we were in a bit of a slump. Yeah, but, but Ollie's best is still nowhere yeah. near Milligan's best. No, that's true. And, but that, and that's I love Ollie Bazanic, but he he's just a he he he's just a how how do I explain it? Because he's a good player, but he he'll play your straight line balls, whether it's square or forward. Where Milligan's just a little bit more creative. He's a he's a real leader. And he defends as well as he attacks. And uh, that's, I just think he offers you more. So, Absolutely. I think uh, um, bef- before we move on to City, I just want to clarify because I said that um, I actually meant that um, Melbourne victory need to match Suwon's result to, yep. to, go, to go ahead because uh, they, they got an important goal against Suwon away. So yep. um, if they match Suwon's um, result against Shanghai SIPG, victory will go ahead whether it's a draw or, or yep. a win. Can I say another thing? I think the absence of Valeri, I think, was palpable. Mm. And once he returned to the squad, the the composure he added uh, was also noticeable. So I think that hurt their season a wee bit. I I agree. I think FBK wasn't firing on all, on all cylinders. And I think uh, the the last two games, like Bessar Parisha, I know you're emotional. I know you kick out sometimes and it, it gets you a red card or two, but his his desire and mm. his drive was amazing. And even uh, the other day again in Shanghai where he, he, he almost fabricated a goal from nothing and he just didn't stop and he just imposed himself and, and fought for the ball and got it up and, and then we just couldn't quite finish it. I think Costa Barbarous has hit the, the crossbar on that one, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. But um, he's, he's been amazing. And he's sort of that sort of spirit hasn't sort of permeated consistently. And, and I think they, they've run out of ideas. I think Costa Barbarous is going to be missed a little bit because he, he does bring quality and he marauds quite Pace. well. But he doesn't consistently maraud really well and I think one of the things that victory need to to work on is sort of goals from downtown because yeah, you can't I always it, walk it, it in but I think they're going to have five or six players from this squad gone and I'm, I'm thinking not only of the Finklers and Barbarossa's are definitely going to go but I think guys like Connor Payne what's going to happen to Jesse Macaroon uh, so it's a fringe players who who were given every opportunity this year to break into that team, especially when the team wasn't playing well, and to own those positions, and they just never did it. And Mahazi, it will be interesting what happens to him when Valeri 
uh, plays and they and they start getting some marquees in and around once Finkler's gone and once Barbarous has gone, some really, really top-notch players in there. What's going to happen to Mahazi? I don't know if their fringe players are enough to put pressure on their established players. That's, I think that was a problem this year too. It's going to be interesting to see how they go in the next round of the Asian Champions League because there's only one team in Melbourne that's uh, alive and yep. uh, kicking in yep. the A-League and Warren, that's uh, Melbourne City. What do you make of their victory against uh, Perth Glory? Sorry, did you say Fornaroli FC? Fornaroli FC. Yeah, I mean, in the end, you get a good player and then you accused of being a one-man team. I mean, I never heard... <laughs> well, Aaron Moy's not I never heard bad. that set of victory when Barisha was breaking records with goals the week the because before. Bar- Bar- not that I'm touchy about it. Because Barbarisis <laughs> and Ben Calfoy yeah, well, were scoring just, goals too. Just and like, Milligan was scoring goals like too. Just like Moy and Navio, yeah? Well... Yeah, well, just like those two. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, what, what did you there. make? What did you make? in your box, Carlos. <laughs> what did you make of the game, Warren? Oh well, I think Vinny, he makes a lot of good points. Unlike Carlos, I think. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing that was true <laughs> is you. that whatever happened to Perth in their run sort of was halted the week before when they got beaten by Sydney, and I don't think they actually recovered. They didn't play with the same, I don't know, energy and enthusiasm. I thought, and really allowed Moy, who didn't really get a touch against them when they played two weeks beforehand, really allowed Moy to control the middle of the park. And then once that happens, whether Navio is there or not, Fornaroli is an impressible danger that they couldn't stop. And they didn't look that dangerous, to be honest with you. And I mean, I think Castro, the hamstring injury really affected him. And, and as such, they weren't as potent as what they otherwise but could I, have been. I thought City was so hard to break down. I was really impressed. They almost played finals football in that they gave nothing away when mm. they didn't have the ball, and they made it really difficult for Perth to break them down, which is, I, don't, I think it's the first time this year I've said that. So if they can go into this next game against Adelaide with that same mentality, which means they don't need Navio. I know he's been suspended for a second week, but... Uh, uh, if they can go with that same mentality, that grit and determination when they don't have the ball, uh, and then uh, you know really feed Fornaroli because he's shown time and time again that if you feed him properly, he's going to score. Even though Adelaide did a really good job on him a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, where City have been impressive is that, uh, as Warren does rightly point out, that they did have that. That's Moy Fornaroli Navio have been players that have enabled have scored goals for them. But even Caceres the other day, oh, he was he was he was awesome. And so they keep they're building depth and 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 on their day they they're really good. I guess the question mark with uh, Fornaroli FC is if they can maintain it when the heat is on. I think the game against Adelaide is going to be a huge one because Adelaide it seems have have them pegged and know how to peg them back and, and, and choke them up and slow them down because both Caceres and Moy had a lot of room. I was surprised mm. that Perth didn't play the imitation game and just do what Adelaide did, but they w- wanted to give them room to, to do their thing and, and clog them up at, at the Fornaroli end of... And you can't... Fornaroli is just too good to be, you know, tapped up like that. I think uh, you, you need to you need to stop an, a, a Melbourne City in midfield before Fornaroli even gets it. Yep. I want to talk about his goals. Uh, I've seen, I saw some stuff on Twitter that. Uh, yeah, well, it was a foul. Think, you didn't think the it first was, yeah, uh, was, bicicletta was it was a goal? Yeah, yeah. The, the bicycle kick was a uh, look. There's no referee on earth who would not give the goal. 
How did uh, you not give that goal? Well, I think he but just, it was a foul. I think his lace has scraped play. the side of the head. No, you and, can't. and not that he didn't deserve it either. You don't have to make contact with the guy's head. If you raise your foot anywhere on the pitch yeah. uh, in that fashion, it's a free kick to the opposition. But I spoke to a, a very celebrated former referee the other night. Hip, hip. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> celebrated. And, uh, and uh, I asked him about that, and he goes, oh, he said that it was a wrong decision. Firstly, it should have been a free kick, but no referee on earth would not have given that goal because everyone celebrated. And if you thought about it, look, Perth Glory after the game also didn't make too much of a big fuss about it. It's no, like everyone didn't. wanted to see a everyone goal like that. Everyone was amazed. Yeah, it was, just, it was fantastic. <laughs> I think uh, in those sorts of situations, you've got to ask the defender and you say to him, listen, that was a really good goal. <laughs> <laughs> Should we pay the foul or are you happy to make, let it make history? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure the defender, because they oh, love the game, yeah. I would say, yeah, look, give it. I reckon yeah, Shane, Shane Lowry would have said, uh, that's no goal, buddy boy, because yeah. he, he should have got sent off earlier. But, but, but all credit to Perth in that they didn't seem to remonstrate that much about it. They just got on with it. That's what, you know, we spent a bit of time talking about Perth maybe because Perth this They're year, coming, I think. what they did after the Sally Cap issues and what they did in the first half of this season, how they recovered and how they recruited in the January window to sort things out, I was really impressed. And they Peter Philopoulos over there and uh, the CEO. They've and already signed Kenny Williams. Lowe. They signed yeah, Reese Williams Reece, today. Yeah, really, I Reece think Williams they're coming. Fantastic. I think they'll be a very solid team next year. I, I'm clearly biased, but if there's going to be an upset with Brisbane and with Brisbane and City being the away teams to the teams that finish top two, who do you think's the most likely upset? In those two games. Well, let, let's talk about that. Uh, great question as oh, we go you. to a break. We're getting a, quite a few uh, Strebray Dolosky uh, oh, um, gifts, so we'll <laughs> go through those right after this break on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Manchester United's Roy Keane has done for the promotion of sportsmanship and fair play in English footy what the Boston Strangler did for door to door salesmen. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. Look at my life. I'm a lot like you. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us tonight on a Wednesday night. Uh, it is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, we asked the question and the hot topic tonight, Carlos, in light of Strebray Dolovsky's re- retirement. Yes, the great man, the great whistleblower, he's retiring. And uh, like we do in all industries, we give retirement gifts to people who are uh, finishing work and uh, never to work again. <laughs> he'll, he strikes me as the type of guy that will give back to the game. I wouldn't mind betting that we'll find him refereeing an under-13 girls game. At and they'll be Cook. abusing him like Kevin Musket Canberra. does. Definitely. Anyway, he's in, does he live in Canberra? Sure. Well, yeah. he'll come down the and do that. The hot topic is, what would you give Shrebray Dolovsky as his retirement gift? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. But before I read um, some of them, um, I'll read this text. Before my fellow Victory supporters have a go at Shrebray for the Ryle incident, just remember we hardly lost uh, when he in, he had our games. Yep. So uh, there you go, our home games, in fact. Uh, I'd give Strebray Dolosky a $5 voucher to Brashes. That's Jake in Brunswick. <laughs> is that now JB Hi-Fi? Well, that's, well um, no, I think well, he's saying that I'll, it's obsolete, isn't it? The, oh, the voucher. Yes, and, right. uh, yes. and not, you can't use it for much. My retirement gift for a Strebray would be an extra large packet of schmackos. He would go wacko. <laughs> Good on you, Billy. <laughs> 
I'd give him a superiority complex. <laughs> That's not bad. Thank you very much. As I refresh the screen, there's, there's, there's a few there. Yep. Um, the one-way trip to Macedonia was one a bit way, harsh. Yeah, one-way trip to Macedonia. Donald Trump's roadkill was really harsh, <laughs> I thought, Carlos. You promised not to actually mention that on air, Rodrigo. No, well, you know, and you didn't. Well, well we're, good we're on you. a hard-hitting uh, yeah, we are, we a are. wig there we don't from take uh, prisoners. Jake in Nidri. There you go. So seeing eye dog. It was also another another one. So um, a lot of love for Strebray. He let the and players Kane, play. And Kane, no less. Is he let a... the players play. I know. I know. There's two referees that will go unnamed that I'd prefer Strebray before those two, and they're the two so-called professional referees, the ones yep. who go to Canberra for diligent practice <laughs> regularly. I'd send, a, I'd send him a thank you note. Thanks, yeah, he's been good for the game. Good for the game. In fact, Warren, get get on to Shribley. Let's get him on the show. Everyone makes okay. mistakes. How would yeah. I go about that? You know, <laughs> Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way, a T-shirt yeah. that just says I Absolutely. Did Shribley. I did it my way. He was the ref of the year a couple of times. He was wasn't a he, in very the early good days? referee. So there you said, go. He had his moments last couple. It, it's like <laughs> so it's easy. Like when you, it's like when you're getting older and you're playing a bit of football. Like my groins went, and mm. you know, I lost a yard. I sort of knew, <laughs> you know, when a I was yard, I, when I was about 22, I knew there was time to give it away. Right? Yeah. Uh, with Shreve Ray, you, know, you miss the odd thing, even though you're right there on the spot. You miss the odd thing. Probably telling him. That uh, that you know the eyes aren't going, the judgment's not there anymore. Can I just say, and it, it it's not a good thing to say, and I don't want to say yeah. it, but uh, <laughs> Archie Thompson, I've got to say, it's over. It's got to be over. Did he? I, I, I'm calling it. Yeah. Do you <laughs> think it would it. be a come? I down? love him. He's a great player, but I just think. It's too hard. No, I, I can't bring myself to retire anyone, Vinny. Not to sack any coach. Not no, to no, retire. Yeah. I can't do it. But uh, I think the giveaway for Shrebray was when his wife and kids were booing him at the games. You know you're on the wane yeah, when yeah. that happens. Yep. Do you think there's any chance that he could be enticed <laughs> out of retirement to become that permanent goal line official oh, the, the when four, they yeah. introduce yeah. them? Yep. Yeah. Because they're in the finals. Yeah, not, you don't do as much running. Well, if you're that goal line official, I'd like that job. I reckon I could do that job. <laughs> What if you're How not off? That be? What if you just think you forget? I'd forget. No, 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 not not being the, the goal line ref. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd get distracted. I can't of... look at a line for ninety minutes. I could. Could you? I'd watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> what a great spot. Well, that's my imagine, problem. Imagine <laughs> having that bird's eye view of uh, Fornaroli's goal from there. Yeah, I, I want to jump in and then help the keeper. Yeah, I know. Carl. Well, your groin's Carlos. A, yeah, I want to pull a save off. Yeah, no. no. Anyway, <laughs> you join in the goal celebration, Rodrigo. So, a couple of questions around. We're talking about Melbourne City. Of course, who are still alive in the um, in the A League finals, and they take on Adelaide at Hindmarsh, uh, which is good for the game. Warren, are you going? Solid sellout, Warren. No, I'm not going. No, I'll okay. be mm-hmm. on the couch with a glass of red with my wife, <laughs> nice. with our Melbourne City tops on. And your wife cries when they lose. Yes, yeah, she loves She's the game. Quite emotional. Suze loves the game. How yeah. about the girls? The, the Diego um, girls. Yeah, the they, Diego they girls. Yeah, no, we've all got Melbourne City gear. I don't know whether that's a bit. Bizarre to take. If if you were to take a photo of a selfie of yourself with your whole family, your yeah. five, yeah. all in the same same gear, yeah, watching Melbourne City, would that be no. a little bit strange? Go, go to go to a website called Awkward Family Photos. Yes, <laughs> would that uh, it would be on yeah. if you sent. <laughs> no, yeah. it'll be lovely. It'll no, be, no, it'll I, be lovely. you know what you should do, Warren. Yes, you should send your first tweet on Warren Diego Twitter handle. With yes. the, fam- the family of five, they're yes. on the couch with the red. The girl, the young kiddies will yeah, drink yep. in the red yeah, wine yeah, responsible too. drinking policy. And watching the game. <laughs> so who's going to win, Rodrigo? Right. Well, who's winning? Well, Melbourne City. You. Melbourne's, I'm asking you. I'm just 
Yeah, it sounded like it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Melbourne City uh, have beaten Adelaide at home. Yes. I reckon City are going to win. Good. I asked for them to be flamboyant uh, last week, and they were flamboyant. They were. So with Aaron Moy, a little bit disappointed. So hang on, I want to ask you a question. So mm. I've said I think Melbourne City yeah, yep. will yeah, beat yep. Adelaide. Yep. I think Adelaide are too cock-a-hoop for my, my yes. liking. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they're tired. They will last, and now if they finish top, they're in the Asian Champions League next year. So I think it's time for City. Navio, were mm. you disappointed that he got off? Did, the, didn't get off, rather. Oh, look, in all honesty, I'm not, disapp- I'm, well, I'm not surprised. You're disappointed. But look, there's no accounting for brain explosions, and it's not the first, and it won't be the last. But I think it's probably meaning that he may never play another game for Melbourne City again. And that's his own fault because he's the type of guy that's an X factor. And then and in a game against Adelaide where it's going to be right on the margin and it's going to take individual brilliance, he's one of the guys on both teams that could supply that. And he's let the team down, but I'm not surprised. If no. they get through, do you play him? Do you play him? I think you have to. As much as, no. as, much as in a perfect world, you know, you'd be the type of coach that would think that, the team ethic is more important than the individual. No, no, the team ethic, it's beyond the team ethic. If yep. they get to the grand final without him, they've beaten Perth Glory convincingly on the weekend. Yep. They would have beaten Adelaide in Adelaide. So whoever is Ben Garuccio or whoever is filling in for him, it, that certainly, I thought the team played finals football against Perth. Uh, and that, that means you're not only dangerous with ball at feet and in possession, but you're very, very good without it. Well, does Ivan Frunic get a game if he's fit? This week. Well, Carlos Retre, again, filled in beautifully. And uh, look, I just like their tenacity. I like their, I mean, John Van Skip called it aggression. I just like the the, the, the solid block that they played with. They wouldn't allow Perth to get out of first gear. They just they just couldn't be broken down, which is fantastic. I think they'll play both. I, I, Having look, said I think that, I Franny Chan Navio would play. I mean, Caceres was on crutches after the game. He, there's a doubt that... He'll get up, and I think he was really important. Um, yeah, but having said all that, I think Adelaide's going to win. Okay. I think Adelaide and Adelaide, I thought they played really well against City two weeks ago in Melbourne. Having said that also, City had beaten them mm. with a pretty Compre- impressive... Their best away performance Yeah, I thought that season. was really good too. So this is a... But they had Navio playing that night too. Yeah, they did. So... It's going to be fascinating. Mm. It's going to be a great game. Looking forward to that very much. I think Navio, you, you ha- if he's there to... You got to play him because he's a bit of an X factor, and he can he can he can pull out miracles uh, when you least expect it, and he, he gets the opposition thinking, "Oh my God, Navio's here as well. He's dangerous." So you got to keep an eye on him. So if he's available, you, you have to put him in the game. I, th- I think we need to mention the crowd on uh, Sunday. The it was eleven thousand. Yeah, officially it's about eleven and a half. Officially, but, but Warren's got a very interesting insight <laughs> into this. Oh, well, all the city I'm games? not. I don't want to enter into this discussion about faking figures, but <laughs> to my eye, I'm some sort of a Melbourne City expert with crowds because I'm actually one of them. Yeah, and I didn't think that the general um, admission end, which is the opposite end to the active supporter group or the Melbourne City fans, the official supporters, was as vastly populated as um as what I would normally envision. So you're saying be. less than yeah, I would have the thought, official figure? I would have thought it maybe slightly less. But well, I'd stand to be corrected by... But what's wrong with Melbourne? Really? What's oh, wrong with wrong Melbourne? Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne time. City. Wrong you, time. Think, you can hate the city. So you're saying what's wrong with Melbourne? No, what is wrong with Melbourne football-loving right. public who don't support victory, or even support victory, but just want to go and see a really, really great player in action? I mean, this guy, 
promises to score goals every week. I'm talking about Bruno Fornaroli. And he delivers every week. We have teams spending weeks before they play against him, planning how they're going to stop him, and he still scores. And brilliant goals too. Why wouldn't you, if you purport to be a football fan out there, why wouldn't you go? In fact, I'm going to say it. Say it, Carlos. You're on radio. If <laughs> say it. Say you're it. not a football fan. <laughs> if you don't go and watch Bruno Fornaroli play in the flesh, you're not a football fan. I don't in, care what you say. In fact, you're un-Australian. Yeah, you're un-Australian. <laughs> you're un-Australian. Um, will City get stage fright playing in front of more than 10,000 people? That's like a text message, Warren. Oh, that's who's not that? me. Who's uh, that? Anonymous. I bet you haven't got a team this weekend to support Anonymous, <laughs> just very quietly. Oh, thank you very much. No, anyway, so, yeah, it was, was disappointing, but, um, geez, let's hope they could. So, are they going to. Is he going to stay at City? We'll ask, I'll ask about him, and then I'll ask about Aaron Moy. But so, for, first, let's start with uh, Fornaroli. Will I, he stay? I thought, yes, I, thought, I think he will. I, okay. I thought. How the, much? No, but I thought uh, up until about five games ago, I thought it was just a matter of how much the City group could pay him as a marquee. And that was enough to keep him. But I think now there's so much talk about this guy that if Moy's been chased by five or six European clubs as reported, how many would be looking at Fornaroli right now? And I reckon the City Group, mate, they're businessmen. They brought him over for nothing. Probably on a free transfer. They paid him, you know, maybe one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars under the salary cap, and now they could probably get a couple of million for him. They might just sell him. Who knows? I'm a dreamer, Carlos. I believe that uh, Fornaroli will want to stay here because he believes in the team. And I think that uh, Melbourne offers him a lifestyle that he can't get. I don't care how much money you've got. You can walk the streets and you can be happy with your kiddies in this great city. But it will help if you pay him a two to three mil. They can can give him a bit more money. They should do that. But I think that uh, that and I reckon that... uh, he will be the poster boy of that team, and if they promise him that, that's got to be good for the ego as well. This is a question, not a statement. Would Bruno Fornaroli look out of place in a Leicester City shirt right now? Playing the way that he's played, bearing in mind they've got 400,000-pound players playing in yeah, their team right now. Well, If you're talking about what their team is right now, and then Bruno Fornaroli. Okazaki's better than Bruno Fornaroli. Okazaki is a, is a similar type player for Leicester. Yeah, he Leicester, is, correct. And he's better than him right now. So he'd be there sitting on the bench. Or, okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would you agree that Well, Andy Okazaki... Harper, Andy Harper, and I, he, Andy makes some really interesting comments. He, he talked about the goals that Fornaroli scores. If it was Luis Suarez or... Lionel Messi scoring those goals, that the way that they would be described Hmm. would be as absolute world-class. It'd be hysteria in some ways around the way that he plays and the way that he scores his goals. Now, I suppose there's all the the relative nature of the competition and the quality of the players that he's playing against and the fact that he hasn't done it for more than one season, which is the other thing. But the way that he plays on the face of it, would have him playing and being able to score in competitions considered vastly superior than the A-League. I don't think there's any doubt well, about I that. Well, I don't know if he could... Look, he's got to prove that still. He, he didn't do it beforehand. He hasn't, you're right. 13 goals in five years before he came. He's just had a that out-of-the-box season. So he's got to do it a second time yep. if he's in, in Australia next year or where he's going to go if he goes to China, to back to Europe or whatever. All I know is you don't want to tamper. You don't want to tamper with a good thing. Bruno, stay here. 
Don't don't go messing. Fred, he tampered. Yeah. We lost him. <laughs> Never the same. And I don't Never think the same. I think he'd understand that. Now nah, look, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if uh, they can hang on to Bruno Fornaroli. We'll talk about Aramoy a little bit later on, but let's take a break now. Come back with Mike McGrath on the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Boca's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. And coming up after Diegos tonight, it's All Night Appetite with Scotty Cooney, so make sure you stick around for that. But uh, right now, this time every Wednesday night, we cross to the UK and catch up with our man from The Sun in the UK, thesun.co.uk's Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the Diegos. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure, mate. You've got uh, Rodrigo, Vinny's here, Warren and Carlos. Hey Mike, uh, Leicester dropped a point. Tottenham got all three. How are you feeling? Are they? Are Tottenham going to do it? Uh, it's a glimmer of hope, I think. It just, but only a glimmer. I think it was a bad 24 hours for Leicester in terms of, um, you know, they dropped two points and we're all kind of waiting on 10 foot as to whether Jamie Vardy's going to get an extra match now. Vardy's um, going to miss the weekend. Um, can they cover for him there? And then if he gets an extra one, it's Manchester United. So, um, so yeah, it's just a glimmer of hope. The door's not shut yet completely to Spurs, but it's still going to be really tough for them to, uh, to get through it. Mike, uh, Vinny here. We know that uh, Claudia Ranieri is uh, prone to crying sometimes at the end of a game. Do we know if there were tears relating to the uh, Vardy uh, brain explosion? I think uh, more anger, really, rather than tears. Um, obviously, it depends which way you look at it. I mean, I'm I'm fairly sympathetic towards Jamie Vardy and that. I don't think that he died. Um, I might be in the minority. I know there are some people who are saying that he um, that he just died. There, I don't think he did. I think the first yellow was extremely harsh. Um, so you're in a situation there where you know are you happy with a, with a point at the end of it? Um, Leicester probably probably were um, so I think um, it is not this week uh, maybe more relief Did you think that there was propulsion? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that he <laughs> propelled <laughs> It's a tricky one isn't it it's, he definitely put his right foot over the, over the side of the defender and invited a bit of contact and then once there's contact yeah, he, he's going at pace and he's flying. I don't know what I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there. I don't think it was a straightforward dive um, as a yellow card deserves. Um, so I think he's probably a bit, bit harsh and dealt with there. In, in fact, it was a new kind of dive. I think he's <laughs> bringing something to the table. I thought the referee was going to put up a scorecard. Actually, <laughs> actually Mike... I'd never, never, ever disagree with you, but I, the <laughs> Romanian judge gave him an 8.5. Um, now, Mike, um, I'm tracking this. Uh, I'm tracking Manchester United with sort of a bizarre sort of, you know, interest as a Liverpool fan. I was reading on the BBC the fact that uh, PSG may well be going after Jose Mourinho and that this would leave 
um, Pochettino possibly is the number one candidate for Manchester United. Are you? Would you sense that we'll get through the whole of the season without there being any definitive statement on Louis van Gaal and who will replace him and that will go into the off-season but probably be announced before, say, the European Championships start? I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's difficult to, to get rid of Van Gaal while he's, um, while he's still in the FA Cup. I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the summer, like you say, and um, it's, it's interesting when stories about Jose come out because obviously we, we feel that he... Our info is that he wants a United job, um, that he wants to take that. So whether it's applying a bit of pressure for them to hurry up, I don't know. Um, but certainly it's a case where Van Hal's going to stay in as long as they're in the FA Cup, I think. So, um, so I think it's going to be in May and June when something happens on that front. Because that was a thoroughly sterling 1-0 victory against Aston Villa, can I say. But <laughs> by and by, I just... One more question from me. The um, the Europa kissing your sister cup <laughs> win by Liverpool. Um, I just get it, and I'm asking you for an observation. Is there a? Do you need any more evidence that with time Jurgen Klopp will be able to turn this team into a team that can legitimately win a title and be genuinely competitive in Europe, or is it still jury out? based on the fact that they're not likely to qualify for, for Europe in their own right next year and, and the players that they'll probably struggle to get in? Yeah, there's signs there. But I think it's mainly to do with Klopp and what he's doing with the players, getting the most out of Origi and getting um, getting the most out of players which, weren't, which were struggling before and rotating well. He's done really well on that front. I think... Um, I think that there will be changes there and they're not a title-winning team at the moment because of the personnel. They've got the right manager in the dugout and with, with a really good summer, I think it, they could be challenging. They could be doing a Tottenham easily, absolutely easy. I think that they could be um, you know, ch- uh, challenging up there next season. Mike, just, that's Carlos. I just want to take you back to the Leicester game against West Ham and, and, the, uh, and the performance of the referee, Jonathan Moss. Uh, I, I read something about Keith Hackett, of course, a retired referee, went to World Cups, English referee, well-credentialed you know, well, uh, referee. He was quite scathing in the media about uh, Moss's performance there in that game. And he was saying it was one of the worst refereeing performances that he'd seen. Is that something that's normal... I mean, generally, the, the referee convention is you don't go and bag another referee, but it just seems like that went out the window with Keith Hackett. Yeah, obviously, Keith Hackett is a former referee's chief rather than a referee's chief at the moment. So in some ways, um, his opinion kind of relies on him um, picking picking faults, I think. And, um, and I've got to, but I've got to say, I do agree with you. I know you guys think it's a dive. I think it was debatable. And out of two, uh, I think there were two very debatable yellow cards for Vardy. You know, I think the Winston Reid penalty was just uh, bizarre um, that he'd choose such a high profile time to, to pick out this, um, to pick out an infringement like that when, you know, there's nine other Premier League games when it didn't happen. And, and, countless other professional matches across the globe when it didn't happen. Um, and then, yeah, let's face it, I think 
I think West Ham are probably hard done by at the end as well because I don't think it's a penalty. And you can almost see the, the cogs ticking on Jonathan Moss and, and him uh, trying to even it up at the end by, by giving Leicester a penalty. So I think all sides um, can feel very hard done by. Mike, two out of the three, Sunderland, Newcastle, Norwich. Who's going down after the weekend? <laughs> uh, I'm a bit of a Rafa believer, I've got to say, probably like yourself. Um, but uh, so I just think that they've got a little bit of momentum. But, you know, it's really difficult. I think Norwich are going to lose out this time. Um, and I just can't choose between the two. Um, I'd say, even though Big Sam's got such a great. Uh, great record I'd say Newcastle are in the box seat to stay up at the moment Very interesting oh, I kind of agree with you Mike but um, hey Mike we'll, this is going to hot up over the next couple of weeks anyway so look forward to uh, catching up with you again next week and uh, enjoy your weekend of football in England Cheers guys Speak soon. There's our uh, journalist friend over there in the UK from the co- thesun.co.uk make sure you check him out They uh, live got... for this time of the year they over do. there oh, it's, it's buzzing especially with a tight uh, league uh, race there. Need to take our final break and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Stick around with uh, Scott Cooney for All Night Appetite. Jeez, it'd be good to have another hour to talk about Madrid yeah, and yeah, all, all those, those others. people criticising <laughs> us for not doing Real Madrid and all that. So give, lobby for another hour and we can talk about it. Anyway, uh, finals this weekend. <laughs> Carlos, let's start with you. <laughs> who's going who's gonna to be in the grand final? Uh, Adelaide and West Sydney Wanderers. Warren? Wanderers City. Yeah, Wanderers Adelaide. Wanderers City for me. And Wanderers to win. That's it for this week's show. Check us out next Wednesday. So remember, cut a loss. We have a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll review Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll be there. The girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We have a gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Fort Diego. Hey, hey, hey.